Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to Star Wars Lads. Hope you're all having a great day today. We're live here discussing the Bad Batch Season 3 trailer. It came out surprisingly this morning, just kind of a random drop, and not just the trailer. We also got the, the announcement of the oh, release date geez. for... Same issue. At least we didn't go live yet. <laughs> Okay, I don't know why it's lagging on my end every time whenever we start, but I haven't clicked live, so we should be fine. Okay. All right. Uh, and... Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to Star Wars Lads. We're live here discussing the Bad Batch Season 3 trailer. Kind of a random drop we didn't realize was going to be going out today. But it's out, and we have to discuss a lot of the big things in the trailer. We did a trailer reaction. If you'd like to check that out, it is on the channel. If you want to see us react the first time to watching the trailer and some of the big reveals, like Asajj Ventress being a part of Season 3, uh, you can check our reaction up. It did just go on the channel. We had some technical difficulties, so it went up on the channel about an hour ago. So you can check it out after this video if you'd like to uh, after the stream. But we're going to dive into everything about the trailer. We're also going to talk about the the release date for the first three episodes. It's a three episode premiere. It's going to be starting February 21st. And we will be discussing uh, the groupings of some of the episodes as well. There are two episode arcs, it seems. So this is going to be a pretty exciting season. We're going to talk about all the stuff that was revealed today about the Bad Batch season three. As always, this is a, a live Q&A as well. So you're welcome to send in your thoughts, your questions, your comments, things you saw in the trailer that you'd like to point out or discuss. We're going to be here for about an hour discussing all of this. So if you want to send in your questions, your comments, all of that, send it into the chat. If you'd like to support the channel, please feel free to do so via Super Chat. We do have Super Chats available for you to send in. That is up to you. And we greatly appreciate your support nonetheless of the channel. One of the best ways you can support this video is by liking it. Really helps us out, sends it to the algorithm, tells people you want to see more of this stuff. And if you're watching our replay, comment below your thoughts and join us for future lives here coming soon. And of course, I assume every time we do one of these lives that we mostly have the people joining us who are subscribed. But if you're not subscribed, make sure you subscribe for a lot of fun chats here in the future. All right, uh, let's get into the topics. Here for the Bad Batch season three. I mean, obviously, <laughs> pretty awesome trailer right off the bat. Really awesome trailer. Probably, I can't remember season one's trailers too vividly, but probably my favorite trailer I think we've seen of any Bad Batch season thus far. Because uh, it's just, it's action packed. It's right in your face. It's everything. It's like, all right, Omega's been missing for a long time. She's been waiting for us to rescue her for a long time, Hunter says. We need to go after her. and it's rex it's palpatine it's hemlock it's omega it's crosshair it's uh ventress it's cad bane it's finnick it's <laughs> it's all the stuff right in your face uh, i guess as a little recap to what we were thinking about the trailer cynic what were you, what were your thoughts in general about the trailer for the bad batch season three i mean i really enjoyed it 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 is a bit more straightforward than i expected but i think yeah. with this only being a three season show and with a lot of season two being the groundwork, setting up our expectations for mm -hmm. where the story will eventually reach its conclusion. Uh, third season had to be firing on all cylinders. I, I just assumed it would be a little bit more like we'll build up first half of Tantus or something and then fall out or, you know, inverted. Right. I, I, I figured it was going to be a little bit more of the format that has been playing well enough for the Bad Batch, but. This trailer was just like, all right, let me give you everything you need and something that <laughs> will definitely get the fandom talking. Because, I mean, for canon junkies like ourselves, seeing Ventress is a totally different yeah. feeling than, say, someone who watched The Clone Wars. And I was like, oh, man, I haven't seen Ventress in like five, six years minimum, right? Maybe I want to probably longer. It's like, yeah, I, I want to. Yeah. Yeah, I want to. I want to see what she's been up to, like in this era. Like, does she make it out of it? Well, originally we thought that she didn't because she got killed by Dooku, and, and she sacrificed herself, right? And 
took the brunt of Dooku's blow. I'm not going to say every detail about it, but uh, the way she died is typically an easy way to die in the Star Wars universe. It's it's a lot. <laughs> so um, just seeing that at the end there, you know, it, it's it's it felt almost very like the Rise of Skywalker esque, where that trailer comes out and then. You're like, oh, that's awesome. That's cool. And then you hear the, <laughs> and it's just like, oh man, like Palpatine's here. But here we got Ventress's voice actress. And yeah, uh, exciting. Definitely a little nerve wracking, but apparently it's not a, like a full scale retcon the same way Kanan's uh, yeah. you know, introduction was. That Brad Rao, the supervisor of the show, you know, had some comments on stars.com saying, hey, no, no, like we're respecting all the work that came before and the stories that came before. <laughs> the data bank of the history is literally says like, oh, Ventress sacrificed herself to Duke uh, to save someone's life for Duke, right? And then, but that's, but the story hasn't ended there now. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah, that tidbit came out after we did our reaction. And so even though the press release came out simultaneously with the trailer, which, you know, that press release honestly just seems like, hey, we know this is a beloved story. We didn't retcon it yet. Please watch our show. Like that's, uh, I think it's damage control really from the Kanan stuff because a lot of people are upset about yeah. the Kanan stuff, even though that was also early Canon and probably far less red than Dark Disciple. Here you've got a pretty popular novel, and before that, it was animatics that people could watch of the show on YouTube. So there's a lot of people who are very familiar with the Dark Disciple story. I think it's going to bother people if this is in fact Dooku in the trailer reaction. And we we talk a lot about the different theories we have for could it be Ventress? Could it be a clone of Ventress? Could this be early Dark Side cloning? Could this be a way to kind of mess with an old the way um like joris sabayoth was taken after outbound flight and then eventually he was cloned in you get Druus sabayoth in uh in the, the heir to the empire the first book of the thrawn trilogy is this kind of that type of thing where maybe you take a fallen dark side user you take that character and eventually you're cloning her and messing with the uh, midichlorian yeah. structure dna structure trying to see okay, how can we convert midichlorian counts into other clone bodies so that we can eventually have a host for Palpatine type thing? There's a lot of theories that I think work very well for Ventress being back besides she just lived on. But yeah, that databank thing, <laughs> that scares me. Um, <laughs> that scares me a lot that this is actually Ventress. Uh, and, you know, again, they could do it there's been plenty of deaths in star Wars that have been retconned both in legends and in the TV shows like legends books. I mean, and stuff legends, books and comics as well as TV shows. So it's possible. Um, <laughs> but you know, as a fan of dark disciple, it's genuinely for me top. It's a top two Canon book, a uh, top three, top two or three for me. Um, wow. So it's, I hold it at a very high standard. And I think a lot of other people do. It would be really sad to retcon that, especially with with the way she dies, you know, with it being Dooku, who is her nemesis, basically, for the entire show from season three on. He's her nemesis. Another master kind of betraying her type of thing. They're so interconnected for him because uh, we have one comment down here. Uper TB uh says isn't it before the bad batch before the book no it's not bad batch takes place after revenge of the sith and the book takes place at the end of the clone wars so it's yeah. it's about a year and a half maybe year gap between the two so yeah for dooku to not be in the story not involved at all i yeah it's 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 scary but uh we we will see i do trust the storytelling team with this well let's talk about before we turn it over to you guys completely to take your questions uh, or and your comments send in your questions this is a live q a as well so if you have questions if you have predictions theories thoughts anything about the bad batch season three you want to discuss we've got about an hour here of open floor for all of you to discuss and bring up talking points for the bad batch season three so send those in 
But before we do that, let's talk about that release schedule because it's very different than the previous release yeah. schedules for the Bad Batch. And it's pretty interesting, especially when we talk about, you know, the fact that the Bad Batch Season 3 is a surprise first Star Wars show of the year. Or at least, you know, we're assuming it's the first Star Wars show of the year because it's less than a month away before the first three episodes drop. But uh, it seemed very much so like the word coming into the year was the Acolyte was the first show. I know I was pretty convinced that this would be a May the 4th type drop the same way season one was, because it seemed like season one, at least viewership wise, was far more successful uh, in that summer release window versus season two kind of got swallowed up by both The Last of Us premiering in early uh, January, February last year. Then we had The Mandalorian coming out during the last half of The Bad Batch. Excuse me. So... It just got kind of swallowed up, it felt like, by so many other things debuting. And the summer is usually a lesser stream, a lesser time for streaming and for TV. Usually most shows take a break during the summer, and it's all about movies. So what better thing to have out in the summer than a shorter form show, something that maybe people could miss a couple weeks of and then catch up type of thing. I think that's why season one works so well. Also, granted, it was 2021, so we're still feeling the effects of the pandemic. But uh, yeah, for this show, and I can't show the graphic up here (laughs) um, in the way we have this set up, but I'll just read it off. So we have February 21st is the premiere. That's episodes one, two, and three of season three. Then you have the next two weeks or one episode, season four or episode four and episode five come out weeks apart. Then episodes six and seven are coming out on the same day on March 13th. You have eight and nine coming out alone. Then April 3rd, you have episode 10 and 11 on the same day. Then you have 12, 13, 14, and 15 coming out alone. Uh, Obviously, big difference being that this is only a 15-episode season versus a 16. But, you know, I think I would imagine that episode 15, instead of it being a two 24-minute episodes, we're getting a a one, maybe 45-minute episode. So... That's pretty cool. But yeah, Sonic, what do you think all these, the way the release dates are scattered here, the way they're staggered across, you have a, you basically have a chunk of episodes, then two single ones, then another chunk, then two single ones for the entire season. Do you think we're getting some, does, does that mean that obviously the storytelling is a bit more important? Are we getting arcs? Are we getting the season to be a little more linear than it's been mostly been episodic? What do you think this means? Well, I think it's pretty interesting that the show starting on May 4th, right? I believe that was when the season one premiered. So for this to end on May 1st is pretty interesting because to me, it feels like they're trying to fit it in to a little bit of a, you know, like a dead space period for Star Wars storytelling, right? Like we don't have the massive amounts of High Republic books coming out. It's a lot more spread out this time. Uh, we don't have anything in the Mandoverse for a little bit. Yeah. So Acolyte, you know, should feel like it's coming out in a period of time where there has been growing excitement and people, you know, come May feel like it's Star Wars month again, if not for December, right? Like having it yeah. kind of be split in both both halves of the year, right? Have that start off, then maybe do a skeleton crew and December, whatever else, right? Like I'm, I'm thinking that's kind of the balance there, and that's why they decided, hey, let's like go with just putting this out there. It's our final season, anyways. Um, you know, there's also the probability that season two, with the nature of its storytelling, with uh, a lot less action, like you said, a very unfavorable schedule release, end of the COVID era coming, uh, it didn't really hit as hard for people, and people mm-hmm. were playing more catch up. So maybe they feel like, all right, well, there is decreasing interest a little faster than we expected. Mm -hmm. Let's just put it out there as quickly as we can. And maybe that's why some of these are only single episode weeks. Maybe some of these are multi-episode weeks. I I don't know. It's pretty interesting. I would assume they're playing the season one strategy with the premiere with episodes confined which is episode one, episode two, Pat's Unknown, three, Shadow of Tantis. So I, it feels like that's like a season opener of like, okay, maybe you don't really need to know season two other than like what happened at the very end, but let's get right. deal with the clones that we've been following, the Bad Batch here. Let's deal with 
the clones that are remaining in the galaxy if they're being like liberated or if they're the liberators right of other clone troopers and then shadow tantis could be just completely about all the mysteries and the crazy stuff that's happening yeah on tantis right it feels like a great way for people to just be given like a shot in the arm of just adrenaline just be like oh my god okay yeah you know like this is why i love the bad bats this is what i loved about the clone wars and this is a really cool legends-esque storytelling that that's how i look at that uh it, it feels like the march 13th episodes episode six and seven infiltration and extraction that feels like it could be something to do with either tantis or more specifically like more notable clones like we still haven't seen a wolf yet at this point it does seem like wolf committed order 66 and what by the time they get him and other clones like that's not the same as say example a uh, captain rex right so Mm -hmm. uh, it'll it'll be very interesting to see if the infiltration is about other clones or if it's more about uh, what's going on on tantis and maybe saving omega there yeah. identity crisis and point of no return those the only other one that has multiple episodes april 3rd episode 10 episode 11 that's interesting identity it feels like they're kind of almost splitting it up in sort of like quarters this season right like this this is the first yeah. quarter of episodes this is the next quarter and then or or maybe like yeah two halves kind of in the first chunk and then the second chunk honors after april 3rd it's just a straight shot like it feels like they're really trying to maximize the time slot they've been given uh, mm-hmm. take the stories that make sense to watch as close as possible to each other and then right. finish it up by may and hopefully have acolyte right after and people <laughs> who are ready like the diehards like us a little bit more excited a little bit more ready to get going star wars news has been out there it's maybe some crazy revelations by the end of uh, the bad batch that might connect to Ahsoka and Mando or something. That, that's what I think about the whole schedule so far. Yeah, I think you're right in a lot of that way. Uh, I think we we do in the trailer, though, we do get to see Wolf. He is in the trailer mm. um, at one point. But but yeah, I, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think, I think they're trying to create more interest in the show. I think in general... Um, having these long animated shows especially on streaming it's not really a thing anymore you know like people want to binge i don't think weekly tune-ins are driving that many audiences especially i think the clone wars is a tough like animation style it's a tough style right because it's it's predicated towards trying to get our age like basically 20 somethings and older watching animation instead of doing like something like rebels you can survive on just kids watching right you can survive instead of the older crowd but the bad batch you need older people to watch and if nobody's really watching it's hard to keep people engaged in today's world for 16 episodes of a 24 minute show Um, and i i think by making this series a bit more of an event series it would try to bring that excitement back to it so hopefully that's what they're trying to do because I think the way they structured season two was I think a pretty big mistake, especially when you're pairing it with the Mandalorian. I think the way it was, was scheduled out, we just there wasn't too many things that felt like an event. And when there there was, there was a lot of conversation. I know we m- most of what we're basing it on is kind of the conversation around our channel and and online. It just didn't. It doesn't seem like the interest was there outside of a handful of episodes. And yeah. when those episodes came out, yeah, there were a lot of big stuff. So anyway, I think this is, could be a good way to structure the season. And hopefully, I mean, we mentioned it before, please, uh, Lucasfilm, please do it uh, like a nighttime drop, like a 7 p.m., something so we can all discuss it. Because I think that was one of the things that made Ahsoka so fun, uh, especially in the fandom, whether you liked it or not, was we could all watch it and get online together and talk about it immediately instead of it being at midnight. And some people are watching at three in the morning. Some are watching it at five, or, uh, two in the morning. Some are watching it at midnight. Some are watching it at 8 AM on the different parts of the world. You know, it's, it's just, it, it wasn't a cohesive unifying thing for the fandom. I think in general, releasing these at night, um, releasing them at a time where most people can watch them will, will also help create conversation around them. 
this uh, the show. But anyway, let's turn it over now to all of you for your questions here. We're going to start at the top. Mr. Spock says, hello from Australia. Good to see you back, Mr. Spock. How are you doing today? Uh, then after that, Dopier Button says, do you guys think the ending of the show will be dark? The Bad Batch dies for Omega to live type of thing. That's a great question. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it, It'll be interesting to see what they do. I think... I, you know, before the Bad Batch season two came out, before Soka, before that, I kind of had the theory that maybe the Bad Batch were some of the bastions for leading surviving clones out of our main part of the galaxy and into the Katana fleet type of thing where they disappear and nobody can find them, but they're out there kind of living their own their own lives. And part of the sacrifice for Wolf Gregor and, and Rex is they stay behind while the rest go off and they're still, they can't let the fight go type of thing. Um, we'll see. I, I don't see all the Bad Batch dying. I really don't. It's still an animated show. Um, I don't see the entire cast dying. Could I see somebody like Hunter dying? Yes. I think Crosshair almost undoubtedly dies. And I think it's in a heroic way. Um, we, but losing tech was a surprise. I think, I think I would put money on, I'd say Crosshair is the most likely. Then I would say Echo. Then Hunter, Wrecker. I don't know. Maybe they could twist that Wrecker thing because I wouldn't have bet money that Tech dies. But they made us care for Tech. Maybe this season's more about caring for Wrecker. But I think as of now, Wrecker, Wrecker's death would be sad because he's the the fun member, but he doesn't have as much character built up in him as yeah. the rest of them do. So maybe they could do record, but I'd still put him lower. And then Omega obviously would be last. I don't think she dies. It's a tough one because, you know, I think if you were on the fandom 2013, 2014, when the Clone Wars was canceled for Rebels, people were already primed for like very dark storytelling, like with the Imbara arc and everything. Mm -hmm. So when rebels came out everyone's like oh my god they're all gonna die <laughs> like that was just like oh they're gonna be the reason why something's averted or something right and almost like a rogue one situation but i don't know like i like there were still some pretty tragic deaths in rebels but i wouldn't have said like it was like a total like like loss like it was like the mm -hmm. ones that you expected like a Kanan at some point was always going to die it, it, it made a lot more sense. It is a very common trope. When it comes to the Bad Batch, it's a it's a combination of it being back to the Clone Wars roots and obviously seeing Siege of Mandalore and Season 7 with them there. We got to see them at their full fighting potential. Now it's, it's, it, this is, it is a really about survival, right, for them. And, and the survival now is also unfortunately in some ways tied to omega too because she's so important that they're like well they've already screwed us over so much they've already cut us out they've already tried to kill us they're, they're doing all these different things yeah. now we have omega like you know almost like an L ellie from last of Us situation like mm -hmm. what if she's like harvested or something for right. her you know genetic code the pure dna that could you know, create monstrous versions of ourselves, right? I'm sure there, there's been a lot of exploration already with the Clone Wars of like how clones look at other clones, like mutants, right? Like the Bad Batch, deformed clones, like 99 and all that. Mm -hmm. If they had to face like monstrous versions of themselves who, who are just, you know, thinking, killing machines, like we've seen with the CX clones, but physically grotesque, mon like just monsters, I, I, I feel like they'd be so terrified and easily killed like they'd have to make the sacrificial play at tantis because of like the horrors that are being you know baked <laughs> inside that place by hemlock right so i i could definitely see it be dark i don't know if i would say specific people i mean we know for sure rex lives we know gregor lives we know wolf lives right because those are the only three that were in rebels <laughs> that's not to say a couple others can't right yeah they, they could um I want to see more cody I, yeah i'd love to see cody i feel like a cody is the type of guy who 
you know, compared to his Legends version where he was just all upset and mean to like human recruits because they're not they're not like the clones. I was with my brothers and all that, and like an instructor. I think, especially after his episode in season two, they're really trying to make it so that like he really tried to be the best clone possible, and then even he finally was like, "No, nah, this, this is not right." So I, I could I could totally see that even if he's not like actively working with Rex, he'll try his best to, you know, like nudge him in the right direction and then maybe when finally push comes to shove he could be a sacrificial player to ensure the mission's success i i honestly would with the fact that the bad batch like we've talked before it feels like it's they're trying to make season three more of an event uh they're trying to wrap it up fairly quickly i thought there'd be four seasons of this three was surprising but not too unexpected Mm-hmm. You could kill all of them off. I I don't see a place for Echo in the post Bad Batch world because he's already suffered through so much. You go to Tantus, he's like the first one that could be just thrown away as like trash because they're like, oh, you're already wasted potential for us. And you know, right. a Wrecker, maybe not the most intelligent clone, so they'd definitely be like, oh, well, put put him against like the most physical of enemies, like a Paz Vizsla in Mando season three forced him to die in that situation i really do think hunter dies at the last possible moment i don't think he's someone that like gets knocked out early on it's just because he, he was our starting point with omega so uh, it i, I want to say yes it can be dark because not a lot of people are watching it and maybe they're trying to bring the interest for people like oh my god like everything that you knew about the cloners that you love <laughs> war crimes yet again from anakin and all the clones now you're going to be like, well, that's it. Like that is, they didn't just like, they tried their best to not die with a whimper, but now they're just, this was any vestiges of them have been absolutely destroyed. Right. I, I'd love to see that be like a final statement, even if they do ultimately succeed in like preventing the horrors of Tantus or whatever and protecting Omega. Right. I still think that all happens, but I, I could totally see them all be killed and destroyed. I really just don't see the rest of them dying. Like I could see one more. I could see maybe two more, but I think, you know, as much as this trailer showed a bunch of other stuff and it did show Rex and it did show Wolf and it did show uh Hauser, I believe it, it showed a yeah. bunch of clones. I still don't buy that this season is the clone rebellion thing that we've always thought the bad batch was building towards i think season two has jaded me a little bit into the sense that (laughs) this is the bad batch show and i do kind of think that what the bad batch here does here might be the catalyst for what the rest of the clones end up doing but we're not going to stop with the clone wars animation style like this is here they perfected it it's here to stay Uh, so when this show ends there will undoubtedly be another show that comes out that has this animation style. <laughs> it depends where it's set. I think you could see a show that's almost a direct sequel from this. Like, why not have a show that's starring Rex? Why not have a show that's about the clone rebellion? You know, the Bad Batch could be a part of it. Maybe some of them die there or whatever happens to the rest of the clones they're a part of. But yeah, I don't think you need to wrap up their story here. But what I think is going to wrap up is the thing that was set up from the first episode which is the the dynamic between crosshair and the bad batch and just what makes the bad batch so important what makes omega so important i think all that's going to get tied up here with some sprinkling of plot elements for the rest of the clones and what you could possibly see coming in the future but i do think it will be relatively dark i don't think they're all going to die but i do think it could be relatively dark let's move to mr spock who says i'm really interested to see how they handle dark disciple i really hope this isn't another retcon Well, as we kind of talked about earlier, I mean, yeah, it is a a very big concern (laughs) uh, for both of us. We both love the novel. Uh, I I do think, I think it's something they're going to handle with care more so, well, because of that press release, but not just that, because Dark Disciple is, is spiritually a Clone Wars episode. And if there's one thing I'm sure the Bad Batch respects, it's the Clone Wars because it's the same animation style, same characters. So I do think they'll respect that story. You know, what extent they go to change or alter the ending eh, might not sit right with a lot of us who love the story. But 
hopefully hopefully it's in the spirit of trying to make that even better than by saying hey let's just go back and bring a character that everybody liked from the clone wars back again because we haven't brought enough back <laughs> in the show um you know we didn't need ventress there's nothing in the show that makes you think we need ventress so if she's back there's got to be a good reason for it uh spc unleashed says hey guys can't wait for february yeah we can't wait either yeah. <laughs> it should be exciting <laughs> excited to get star wars kicked off for 2024 yeah. matter says hey guys exciting trailer right guess Many are nervous about Dark Disciple. Did you talk about that already? We talked about it a couple times, but uh, so you can scroll back through the beginning. It, or... it, I'd say it's good to be a little nervous about Asai because we are nervous too. Um, yeah. They haven't. I know some people already left comments, like Critical Thinker on our channel, who's been there a couple times, being like, "Oh man, this Filoni can't, you know, stop sticking his hand into things." Well. To be fair, this isn't really Filoni's show. He might have set up the plot elements, but it's Brad Rao and Jen Lockett, I think, that are just handling the rest of the story as being told, and it's, it's their decision. They're, in some ways, the protégés of Filoni from their work working with him in the Clone Wars and Rebels. So, um, yeah, be nervous. I, I mean, I, I don't think this is a case of, like, Filoni just being like, I want to do it this way. I, I think it's more of, like, a no, like, there, there is something legitimately interesting. There is a need to bring back a cool character like that to make the season pop a little bit more. And maybe there's a great combination. You know, I, 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 again, Dark Disciple is incredible. It was supposed to be, if you guys don't know, two four-episode arcs. I think Bad Batch or one of them is supposed to slot in between. So mm -hmm. literally time passes between the arcs. And, I mean, it's crazy development for Quinlan, a lot more closer to his star wars republic self uh, there's a lot of cool stuff for dooku boba is a player in there as well like it definitely pushes the story to like the very ends of the war and the jedi especially make some choices that you're like wow like that is they really are losing it like they're not really the ideal jedi that we all believed in you know after seeing the clone wars you still hope they're doing the right thing but that story itself if apefoot was on the screen i think people would have been like wow, like that is wrong. And I, I mean, I feel like a lot of Mace Windu haters, like myself, definitely comes from that novel because it is a very direct choice being made there under his guidance with the Jedi Council as well. So yeah, I don't know. I'd be nervous because we're nervous. Uh, it looks like she's wearing everything in Dark Disciple minus her like her robe. It's like her under shirt mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I, like everything looks very similar, but then she's still got a curved lightsaber, even though... Technically, her lightsaber design was reused for Maul's double lightsaber, like we said. I, there's a lot to be questioning here and be nervous about, especially with the previous history. That's why, like Liam said, there was a press release basically be like, no, 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 it's, it's not a retcon in the way you think it is. It's a continuation of the story. We're going to respect Dark Disciple, but how are you going to recap that? How are you going to summarize it? You have to almost also bring Quinlan back and have him yeah. kind of bear the weight of like, dude i saw you die i buried you like what's going on here like it's 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 right, gonna it's be just... it's gonna be a lot and i hope it's uh i hope it's closer to like the two episode arc we got of Hera and cham right where it's it's its own story and the bad batch can kind of be on the fringes of it um and then you can maybe get as much of dark disciple and like flashbacks and stuff like that i don't know <laughs> if they're just suddenly being like hey by the way we're just gonna throw a bad batch uh pause in there and there's going to be an, a whole like feature length movie of dark disciple adapted that you can watch at the same time as this episode <laughs> coming out that would That'd work cool. great for me because then i'll be like okay let's see what they're gonna do but does that also open up a box of like hey we're gonna slightly change the ending that you remember from the book i don't know we're, you're not wrong nervous but great trailer but nervous <laughs> it's not but that wouldn't be a slight change you know like that would be, be completely like, if you change that would be the whole thing in the book right <laughs> like the whole the whole ending is the tragic love story and right. like i hate to keep spoiling it for people but i mean you're just gonna end up getting it spoiled if you uh, we want you to watch the stream but you know at this point you already know everything that yeah. that happens at the end i mean it's genuinely like it's so important for her character it's massive for the character Quinlan Voss. Uh, but again, like that's what makes me really think it's not her. It's a clone is that 
there's absolutely zero reason for her to be in this. Like, there's nothing to do with the Sith that's a part of this story besides Palpatine appearing, but he's more appeared in a political role than he has in any way as a dark side user. So there's nothing to do with the Sith in here for her to be, you know, needing to team up with the clones to get revenge. There's nothing to do with any Jedi or force sensitivity or anything in this show. So there's nothing there. Quinlan shouldn't show up in the show because he has nothing to do with the show. <laughs> so like there's, you know, there's so yeah. many reasons for it to not, have her in it other than just the fact that it's like she's very iconic from the clone wars let's bring her back i hope that's not just the only reason because there's there's it's such a great ending for her it's such a great ending for that book it's such a great ending for the character it's a great moment for dooku it's just it's so great on so many levels and to retcon it like bringing her back to life would be a retcon like she literally dies like in Quinlan's arms type of thing. It's not like she's like standing off to the side and a rock falls on her and like, no, Asajj. and then it's like, actually the rock didn't fall on her. She lifted it up or something <laughs> escaped like, okay. But here it's like, no, she's, she's dead. <laughs> Don't bring her back. Um, so we'll she's see. Very dead in the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll move on to that aside says, I love that we are getting more Ian McDermott Palpatine. It adds a special legitimacy to the project. If they directly address the cloning help subplot, it's likely that it's seeding for an animated show, Return of the Jedi to Force Awakens timeline. Hey, that's, it could be, you could be right. Um, I would love that animated show to eventually get announced. I mean, it would be so cool. We saw Darth Vader already in Clone Wars animation. It would be so cool to see like Luke and uh leia and han and all these characters be a part of something like that um palpatine you would really not have to change at all <laughs> so uh yeah there's there's a lot of really cool things to do that i mean i love that just ian's back in around star wars a bit more yeah. um than he used to be post rise of skywalker he's been every time that they've needed palpatine it's been ian mcdermott it hasn't been anybody else and he well really since since rebels the finale of rebels he came back for that but uh yeah it's uh, maybe you know it's easier for his schedule to be like yeah i can pop in and record for a day a couple lines rather than having to commit to a 24 episode season of a tv show <laughs> but uh he he is just always very enthusiastic about star wars and i do do really like that somebody with like you know the shakespearean level of acting um is really always coming back and supporting the franchise that you know made him famous <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i love a show in that time period don't get me wrong um i do feel like 2025 with it being a huge anniversary year right we have uh return of the jedi not return of jedi uh, revenge of the sith right like that's going to be huge for people um the force, the force awakens 10 year Right, that that's already going to make it like a, a crazy year for people even if you don't love the sequels anymore yeah stop lying that if you say you didn't enjoy the force awakens like people were genuinely crazy excited about it like there's still a lot of nostalgia for that film almost like within a year of it coming out people are like wow remember 2015 when we got to see theaters <laughs> in december like it was genuinely like that i remember Basically those in 2017 <laughs> When the fandom Basically fell until 2017, yeah, it was like, man, as soon as 2017 hit and the fandom fell apart, it was like, man, do you remember 2015 when everything yeah. was so great? <laughs> no, genuinely, it, it, it was like that, right? So, I, I, I'd love uh, for them to be like, no, no, animation still got a big part to play this year. It's being held in Japan Star Celebration, so with visions and how it's been a lot of build up there, I feel like if they do an animated show it's uh, that's with the clone wars model because lucas put all the millions of dollars back then it's become a lot cheaper now for disney to do it almost like a decade on since the clone wars first finished right so yeah i, I if, if if this show is going to be a little bit more of like hey let's deal with characters and events that can like flesh out stuff like with imperials shadow council and like you know like characters that we might see play roles in live action but not necessarily be the superstars or the super villains, right. uh, then yeah, I can see that this animation be reused for that. I can also obviously see the animation be used for like something like a, a Crimson Dawn under Maul sort of show. Like that could that could be really cool to explore 
what yeah. eventually led him to be trapped on Malachor. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think whatever anime is announced in 2025 related to Star Wars, it's going to be like an ongoing show. Like it, it's going to be that I feel like will take the priority over this Clone Wars animation stuff because as much as we love it, it it is getting up there. It is 17 years old in its original form, right? Or older with animation pipelines. It's going to be closer to 20 by the time they go to Star Wars Celebration. So I could totally see that push for anime, especially in the last 10, 15 years, how it's become so much more globally popular. Right. It just makes sense for that next big animated thing to be, frankly, an anime. If we do get anything with this, uh, obviously, style of animation, it's not going to go away, but I don't think it'll ever have its heyday after Bad Bash. It'll, it'll feel like, okay, it's like a show meant to be done quickly in a couple of seasons and like flesh out some stuff. I, I don't, I feel like anime is like that next real frontier that Lucasfilm and Disney really want to like just jump straight into. That would be awesome. I mean, I think, I think Star Wars is big enough and the animation isn't as widely viewed enough that if you had two or three shows going at the same time, I don't think people would care, you know, like we have multiple live action, not, you know, releasing on the same days, but we have multiple <laughs> live action shows coming out at the same time across eras and you don't see people too confused about that. I think star Wars, the releases have been all over the place for so long <laughs> that people don't get confused. They just watch and they're like, Oh yeah, this is when this takes place type of thing. <laughs> so I think if you're gearing, like you can use the clone wars animation cause it's tried and true. You can gear it towards the fans, the hardcore fans who have been there around the series and around this stuff for a long time, because we have another, you know, comment that this kind of plays into by bad who says, uh, certainly not the last time we see of this animation style, but you think another type of animation is possible for main storyline other than this one, it would have to be very cinematic. Not like the resistance rebels was great, but it was more of an homage to Macquarie style. I wouldn't like to be the standard. The clone Wars bad batch should be in my opinion. And I think it is. I mean, you keep, we keep seeing them go back to it, right? We haven't seen them yeah. return to rebels animation not saying it they won't i don't know how much better they can make the rebels animation because it already you know looks great for the modern age it's just more of the like stylized. way they built the characters the way it's yeah the way it's stylized that i don't know if you can really tweak it or improve it much like it's it's the the problem with the original clone wars animation was it wasn't very fluid it, like all those minor things that you can tweak and improve they did mm -hmm. and it made it better um rebels i don't know how much more you can really improve so i think we get we could you see that that design come back but uh, i do think the clone wars is more beloved and i think it will the with how many resources disney's already put into it between season seven and then tales of the jedi and now three seasons of the bad batch i don't see it going away you know like the bad batch is a good show and i think it's been relatively successful for what their expectations were in animation but I'm still waiting for them to use that money that they've used to build this towards something huge. And yeah. uh, we could see that in the future. I would love though, you know, I would love an anime, but I would love the, whatever the between six and seven animated series is eventually. I would love it to get its own animation style because uh, between four, three and four got its own animation style between two and three got its own animation style let's do something new, but I wouldn't mind if they brought this back, but I think it would be cool if they gave it something new about uh, size says it used to watch bad batch at 3am. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> it's, and it's hard to get people excited to get up for that. You know, like I think also back in 2021, they were coming out on Fridays. So yeah. a little easier You're gonna for people be to up anyways. <laughs> exactly. A little easier for people to stay up till midnight when they're coming out on Friday versus a Wednesday or a Tuesday night, you know? So if you're going to do that midnight for an animated show and you want people to be excited and talking about it, you probably should do it on a Friday versus a Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> 80s kids from the nineties says, I'm, I'm thinking Boba gets hired by Palps. Hey, that would be cool. I've been dying to see Omega and Boba confront each other, but I think at this point in the story, I don't know if they're going to do it, but uh, also the, you know, we, the plays into the next question. So let's just tie these two together, Seneca, when we're talking about him. Cal Camp Brax says, do you think the end of Omega, this is the end of Omega story, is she still kind of a mystery? So this whole thing, you know, we talked about this a little bit in our reaction, like, why is Omega so important has 
mostly boiled down to she's an unaltered genetic template of Django Fett like Boba. She's the Omega to Boba's Alpha. They're running the the template is not uh, as fresh or whatever you want to call it. It's not. It's kind of drying up. It's dying from the original host of Django Fett who died now at this point about five or six years ago. Yeah. So there's no access to Boba. Now we've got Omega who we can take DNA from and basically still keep this. But why does why do they want that DNA? Right? Aren't they phasing out the Django Fett clones? Are they killing them off? They're passing legislation to try to, you know, get rid of them, to try to not have to pay for them and give them uh, a place to live and money to live, living expenses, all that type of stuff. They're just basically trying to secretly get rid of them. They destroyed their their home in secret. Why would you still want the genetic template for the Django Fett clones? We've already started to see that a little play out in season two. Uh, We also see the excess of Republic commandos in season three's trailer. It makes it look like, you know, Palpatine is using the Jango Fett template to be like special ops troopers, maybe leaders of secret commando units, secret, like now they want the Bad Batch in this season, you know, make more specialized troops like the Bad Batch or, but with uh, a little bit more grip on their, their uh, compliance, you know, so they're not as free thinking. Um, But yeah, do you think if Omega is... If it's revealed, there's another reason why she's so important. Do you think Boba could come into play in this season as a similar type of thing, like a, a loose end of the Jango Fett cloning template that's out there that might need to be tied into the story? I mean, no matter what, it's a lot harder to find Boba and almost get him to do something <laughs> willingly at this point. He's been betrayed by everyone he knows. Like, if we're going to include Star Wars 1313, the infamous game that was just a bounty hunting cool story about the underground Coruscant that ended up kind of being hijacked by Lucas and being told it's going to be about Boba, right? Like the protagonist is going to be Boba. If we consider that as vaguely still influential to the story, right? We've got everything that got in Clone Wars, so Aura Singh and everyone betraying him, right? Then he's got his crew in the Clone Wars. We never get to really see them finish, and they're part of Dark Disciple as well. But if we're going to continue on, even if some of them leave on good terms, there's definitely some that are going to eventually cross him and kill him, right? Like, he has no friends, <laughs> like, and he doesn't want any friends. And, you know, it's about the money for him, right? And I think this is one of the few instances where it wouldn't be at this point in his life. Like, this is something that is always going to be a burden on him even if he doesn't realize it about on his identity on his conscious the fact that you are a clone and unaltered or not you you are a clone you're he i I really don't think he ignores that this stuff is happening right He, he does have some still some soft spots for the clones you know just from his interactions with them undercover and all that so i don't think he'd be hired per se you know 80s kids from the 90s it I feel like also bounty hunter, mercenary work, that's more Vader's domain. And even he doesn't do that until after episode four, really. He's he's more of just an enforcer until that point. So if he does show up, maybe, you know, someone puts a bounty out saying, okay, let's kill Boba Fett. And, you know, they, they won't reveal why it's so important to get like his blood or whatever. All right. And maybe we can see him fully guard the gear that we know he does have now fully painted green and we could see something cool like that i just don't see him like involved in a hunt to kill essentially another version of himself like a mirror version of himself yeah it it, it, it seems a little too much it seems like he has some morals even at this point especially at this <laughs> point in time actually being so young right. still compared to let's say 10 years from now when he's been fully in job of servitude um but at the end of Omega story, that's an interesting one, Calcan. I, I don't know. I, I think my at this point, other than her just being like a raw source of the genetic code needed, I, I think what would be very interesting is like if they for some reason were able to say like, oh my God, like we've never had a force sensitive clone, but something about Omega, like something about her midichlorians or something, something about her genetic makeup 
is what is like allows for our experiments to have a chance at the M count that eventually becomes a big point in the Mandalorian and before Gideon hijacks it for his own clones, or right? it could be mm-hmm. something like that where it's like Omega may herself not exhibit any force abilities, but she has a strangely mild, but possibly growing connection of force sensitivity. Like that, that could be something there. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I don't know if it's because, you know, Palpatine wants that power specifically or more because he wants to eradicate it and control it and use it for his own purposes for, you know, the plans for if he ever does die, right? That that could be the only reason why he wants it. But there's Hemlock too. And Hemlock, even though he is a late introduction, he is monstrous already. And I know, I, I feel like if he found out like, oh, if I use like some genetic template from Omega, my experiments can now not only be like these crazy monsters, but they'll have the force and all that. Like you've essentially created like killing, unthinkable, easily replicable force monsters, right? Like that could be a big reason why, and that could cause infighting too. I'm sure there's going to be some infighting on Tantus. I just, I just don't think that, you know, Omega stories because he's just pure, right? It's more because there's a potential for something more for her. Right. No, I, I don't see her story ending, but maybe like the reason why she's so important, her being kind of a MacGuffin of the story ends. Yeah. Um, but I think she goes on. Like, I think she's a character that you could definitely bring back in even like Ray's new Jedi order or something. We like something these characters who should live on, you know, there's a lot of ways to reconnect the entire saga. It's still in the future, like constantly think about it. Think about ways you can include the people that make sense. Um, I would like to see Omega return eventually. I'd love to just see what live action Omega looks like too. Uh, (laughs) More Morrison with a blonde wig. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. It'd be so funny if they did that. Uh, And okay. We've got about, 10 to 15 more minutes we're going to run the live here so send in your last few questions if you'd like to make sure you get one answered you're welcome to send in a super chat helps the channel out and you get your question answered uh but that is up to all of you uh we will still work our way through the chat here unless there's a super that comes up then we'll switch to that uh but starting with Badusai says is it controversial that star wars is in reality a live action animation medium other than uh, of it, or it was that way with Lucas and Filoni seems to do the same. The novels have worth for themselves, but projects are now bound by them. And it's starting to feel like that more and more as we grow. Um, I think Disney in general with star Wars has had a lot of, you know, good ideas and directions in terms of ways they've tried to approach certain topics. Uh, you know, as much as a lot of people were burned, uh, you know, us in a lot of ways too, included when they, got rid of legends or you know said this is legends and we're starting a new canon universe um, because they had invested we had all invested so much time into that universe prior <laughs> to that to 2014 when that started um i think in a way though it was the smarter idea because you're not stepping on the toes of the old stuff and you can go in the directions you need to i mean really we couldn't even fit a sequel trilogy into the old no. timeline if we wanted to be frank because crucible luke and leia and han are older than they are in real life and we've told mostly every story you could possibly tell about them (laughs) when they're in their you know mid 60s to early 70s so how are we going to do that right i think in in spirit it might have been the right move um but now i think why people get upset when you contradict stuff is because disney made such an emphasis when they got rid of that to be like one of the reasons we got rid of it was because it contradicts itself a lot. And in order for us to make new movies or new shows and stuff, we'll have to contradict it. We don't want to do that. So instead we're going to be gatekeepers of this new medium. We're going to have these people, the story group are really going to make sure everything is, is tied together. And if there's a character that's important in a book, they're going to show up in a movie or in a comic book. And we haven't really seen that often and we have seen them contradicted. So from the initial promise that it was going to be this like great system where nothing was ever contradicted and things always flowed and made sense. 
we saw pretty early that that wasn't necessarily the case. I believe the first major canon contradiction was the Force Awakens novelization where Poe and Rey meet, and then The Last Jedi, uh, they've never met before. Stuff like that we've seen happen, and most of it you can get over, um, but if they brought Ventress back to life, I think that would be starting down the path of of uh, <laughs> the old way, where George Lucas, there was the G canon, and George Lucas was like, everything I actually want to bring in, I'll bring in. Everything I don't, I could contradict any second, and you will have no idea, and you will not be warned. I'll just do it. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a fine way to live back then because we all knew that was the possibility. But I think the frustrating thing now is that Disney and Lucasfilm have said we're not doing that, but then have done it and continue to seem to want to push those lines and try hard to make things work when they they might not. And instead of just avoiding that story, they, they go for it still. Yeah. <sighs> it's i don't know i don't think it's controversial i think let's be fair most star wars fans are not jumping onto lives on channels with 2.5 thousand subs right to talk about oh this trailer for one of the lower watched animated shows in star wars right like it's not the case you have to have a real burning passion or at least have watched the clone wars as a kid and want to continue with that style as long as you can it's it's you know like everything like liam said 100 true i know people would be like make the argument like well you we could have just adapted some of the stories into movies no you really couldn't they're not written that way at all some of them are like new jedi order would be not a trilogy it would be like six seven movies at minimum right and that's what and you cutting would need stuff the- out. And you would need the audience to know who Jason Solo and Jaina Solo yeah. and Anakin Solo are, as well as all the new Jedi Order members, Cornhorn, Calcatarn. Yeah, it just wouldn't have worked. It, it, it's just too much, right? So, yeah, like, it's nice that Disney was like, no, everything's going to be streamlined. We're going to keep it simple. Everything is equal. It has a, play, a role to play. And again, 90 to 95% of it is true. Filoni seems to be the one who's a little bit more there. Like we also didn't like the Tales of the Jedi one, where it's not technically the Sixth Inquisitor because he's got a very different design. Um, <laughs> if you look up the Wikipedia page, they're like, "Well, similar situations could have happened at different times." Uh, we're gonna assume these are two different ones, and I think someone else also confirmed it's a it's a different Inquisitor. Filoni himself doesn't, right? Which is the sad part because I think he should be the one, like really like making sure after all these years that what he's doing is right straightforward and cut clear but he's also a lucas protege in that way he he doesn't care what matters more matters right uh this is not one of them i don't think again what we're getting with ventress is on him per se like it, it is you know it, it's just something that maybe he was consulted about and people are like, yeah, we're thinking about doing this. What do you think? And knowing him, he'd be like, yeah, why not? I've done something like that. I, I, I expect how our Ventress comes through should be better handled than Kanan. Like that one is just uh, right. the tales of the Jedi one. You're just like, yeah, they okay, feel unnecessary. Can, yeah. That's unnecessary. I feel like I can work my head around it. This one, it could be the biggest swing. And if it, if it messes up, yeah, then we're going to, well, we'll be, We'll be public about our gripes that we when I know we're very positive about Star Wars, but we'll 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 have gripes there, don't worry. Like we'll we'll make it very clear. Um but it's it's not controversial, man. It's it's it is true because that is how most of us engage with Star Wars. It's this is like the lowest tier of like acceptable average Star Wars fan who starts to get a little bit more into fandom. Once you get to the books, you drop off so hard for so many people, especially in this day and age where there's mm-hmm. just so much more media. We don't necessarily need Star Wars books to keep Star Wars going. We could just have Tales of the Jedi drops if we wanted animation to go on forever for super cheap. Right? Like it, it, it is that easy nowadays. So, yeah, not controversial at all. Skywalker's Academy says Omega disappears with Hondo when he decides to retire. <laughs> uh, uh, I'd love to see Hondo back. That would be fun. But we do know, you know, technically... Uh, Smuggler's Run in Disneyland and uh, Disney World is canon, and Hondo is running 
a uh, supply depot on Batu yeah. at the time of the sequels. So something happens to Omega between them, or she's working for him in that. Uh, maybe I don't know. That would be uh, that would be a fun little thing to do, though. And also, he's in Rebels, and she's not there. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, Batasai says, I really think that the best one slash fan favorite sh- should need to be adapted into live action and animation. That would be the maximum recognition that that story is canon. They would be real beyond the world of publishing. I think in a lot of ways, you're right. I mean, as much as we don't want to admit it, like Sonic kind of said, you know, it, we've always known that everything outside of film and television was subject to possibly change i think the reason people get so worked up about the canon thing was because they were so strong about what the canon label meant it meant no yeah. contradictions uh but yeah i mean eventually it was gonna happen <laughs> uh, i just think that i i think it should be smaller things like you're mentioning uh, but the smaller things are almost more frustrating to be honest because yeah. they're like you didn't need to do that there was no reason kanan needs to be in that first episode of the bad batch <laughs> there's no reason to adapt that episode for ahsoka and tales of the jedi like no if we never saw it it doesn't need to be there um but yeah this i think this would be even though those are more frustrating this would be like actually upsetting if they contradicted yeah. this and were like there was no real good reason other than they just wanted Ventress in it. Uh, it needs to be a good reason if you're going to contradict something people will get over it us included even though we love canon <laughs> or we love to keep a track of Star Wars timelines um, but uh, you have to have a good reason if it's just hey this character would be fun to have in the show then that's not a good reason <laughs> Uh, Nothing more to say there. <laughs> but, aside, but again, you know, we've talked a lot about on the show to answer that last part of your question about us. Uh, we'd love animated adaptations of stuff from books and comics. Like that would be awesome. Even if it wasn't everything, like even if they slightly changed something or ended, took a chapter out, right. That's just the nature of film. Yeah. Um, you'd still have the book. What they could say is like the books, the expanded version, like they say with the novelizations, but the, uh, the movie this is just an adaptation of the book and if you want yeah. the whole story go read the book um i'd love that but yeah, Cobb Cobb vant is a great example of that because you can still work what we see in live action around the book story it's like uh he's not gonna tell the more darker rougher around the edges version of the story he'll tell you what he you know sounds good <laughs> exactly so all right about five minutes left everybody and then we're gonna hop off here uh, Batasai also says do you think what do you think of I didn't betray my Jedi line of Rex and Rebels? Could we see something explicitly reconciling that in canon? I like to think Ahsoka erase his memories so he doesn't suffer from that memory. You know, I think I don't think we need to see a specific scene personally. I think just the fact that he didn't kill her uh, <laughs> is uh, is good enough for me. Um, but uh, you know, he can try to frame it any way he wants when he's talking to other people from uh, from a certain point of view guys that's like the easiest way to handle a lot of these things because if obi-wan's been retconning from 1983 then so can we <laughs> exactly uh skywalker's academy says a popular opinion for tech if he lived is that he becomes a cx1 that would be really tragic uh, and i think would be kind of cool i mean i i like i like the t- the tech uh, sacrifice you know like i i don't necessarily want to see him come back and become a villain but i think there's a way you can do that where that's pretty tragic and sad uh you know i just i i do really want to believe that the show has stakes and so i'd love tech to stay dead you know as bad as that sounds um i'd love him to just have had that sacrificial moment because i really don't i still don't necessarily buy it and i didn't buy it when i watched it that he was for sure dead but uh i would love him to just have that moment i think it makes season two a lot more powerful i mean my gut says that with how hard left the story went at the end of season two compared to what we were all expecting it to build up to (laughs) yeah they're gonna keep that one permanent i know yeah we don't see him die you know in star wars if you see a body they're dead and even then not always (laughs) i i I don't know i i'd prefer him to die. i think the way he went out is also quite tragically poetic in the clouds too right just 
yeah i don't know just the way he it's like he disappears i guess that's you know if he feels oddly romantic to me like a, just mm-hmm. a strange way for star wars to have dealt with like one of the most logical fixated almost emotionless characters that we've ever dealt with but right. dying in the clouds it's just like wow like that. i don't know it, it feels like a perfect end for him dope your button on that same track says if tech came back alive that would be so annoying it's getting annoying to see people die and come back good or bad it's true i mean it yeah it it, it can work i'm not a completely opposed to it for most situations uh, i think if you have the story but you have to have the story um but i do think tech would be He's less of a, a, a Hail Mary than Ventress to me. Like, you know, yeah. if Tech's alive, they planned it. Um, if Ventress randomly shows up, like, I don't think it's planned. I think it's something they came up with, right? Unless there's a real story reason. So um, <laughs> Tech being alive, I wouldn't be too frustrated with because I would assume it was the part of the main arc that they wrote before the season or the show even yeah. really started. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Spock says if interest shows up, then my guy Quinlan better show up. I don't think, I mean, personally, I don't think Quinlan should show up in this show, but I would love to see whatever, whatever needs to be told here in the future, whether it's a novel, animated show, an animated movie, a live action show or movie, anything, any type of story, comic book or video game or whatever. Quinlan would be a great video game character as well, because you could do the whole like unreal force powers. You can do like the tracking uh, yeah. sense psychometry all that stuff like you could you could make him a really awesome video game character to play and it would make sense with his power set that's already in in canon uh, but yeah i'd love to see that story play out i mean personally for me i want to see him her be a clone and then he's doing his thing with the path uh, that lead, ties into the obi-wan show and then eventually they just kind of he finds out that she's out there and he's like, I need to find out who this is and why she's pretending to be Ventress. And then it is Ventress, but it's a clone and they have to deal with that. Um, I would like to see that story play out. Yeah. I mean, we shall see, right? There's only so much <laughs> we can dig out of this trail and you've, we've already explained all of our concerns and our excitement, the nauseous pit in our stomach. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's going to wrap up our stream for tonight. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining. Again, if you'd like to see our live reaction to the trailer, it was posted in a video earlier, so you can check that video out. If you haven't, stay tuned for more live streams. Every time there's news this year, we're planning on doing live streams. So stay tuned on the channel. We will have more live streams discussing news. We do one a week every week, even if there's no news stories, allowing you guys to ask us questions and the like. So make sure you stay tuned for all that. Uh, keep an eye out on the channel. We do have a couple new videos coming out. Sonic has a theory video coming. And I have uh, the next history of the Star Wars franchise, the every Star Wars ever story ever released thing. That That's uh, coming back after about a year and a half hiatus. It's coming back with a new episode around the weekend time. So stay tuned for that. Uh, new shorts every other day on the channel. There was a new one that came out today. And then, of course, we have the community tab. New bracket is out been out for two days now and it's a canon versus legends bracket so check that out if you're interested thank you so much to everybody who's watched the streams and in comments and in chats and we will see you all in the next one good night everybody